Well, hello, this is Tim Maher, and this is Failing Up, recording this podcast on November 2nd, located in the bowels of the building, along the shores of Seneca River, leading up to the mighty Lake Ontario, feeding the Atlantic Ocean, and out into the entire, entire world. Or you can go the other direction and find yourself right out uh, cruising through the Great Lakes. That's right, you go through Buffalo, you get into Lake Erie, you pop down there, I believe you go to Michigan, then Huron, Superior, the winds of November come blowing, that line from the Edmund Fitzgerald, written, I believe, uh, recorded and then hit the charts in 1976 about the ill-fated iron ore freighter, the Edmund Fitzgerald, which sunk in one of the Great Lakes uh, during a, a bad, bad storm. So this is election day, local election day. I went out and voted. I hope everybody who was able to a registered uh, Democrat or Republican, I believe you can vote today. Uh, there's always something exciting about voting. I don't know what it is. It's, um, I think it's something that we don't want to take for granted. And I know there's all this stuff going on around uh, voting and there's the, the big fake lie, the big lie, which is a lie, by the way. Um, but there is something really special about voting and it really makes you feel like you're a part uh, of a special country. It makes you feel like you're part of a special place where you just drive in. I just drive into this little firehouse and go in and, and talk to the folks in there and cast my ballot and um, head home. But you just feel like you're a part of something bigger and you feel like all those who, who have sacrificed so um, we could be able to vote. Having a little hot cider tonight. Oh, God, you like it like that. Mm-mm-mm. Arr, matey, arr, matey, a little hot cider on a November evening, a little chill in the air. Actually, a chance of snow I'm hearing. Incredible, a chance of snow this week in the northeastern part of the United States. So you can kiss all that foliage goodbye, all those uh, postcards where everybody came around to see the beautiful colors of New Hampshire and, and upstate New York and Vermont. Well, they're all gone now. Now you have a mess of barren trees, which kind of look cool at Halloween because they look spooky. Now they're just waiting for, for winter's snowy droplets to cover them up until, well, around here it could be even May, until we uh, see any type of uh, greenage once again. But it'll be here soon enough, soon enough, and things will be back to normal. What is normal? What is normal? Normal is constantly being defined as to what we accept. That's what I believe normal is. I think normal, I don't know who puts the gauge on normal and who decides what is normal and what isn't normal. I've always had an adverse reaction to normal when someone says, you know, you're not acting normal. I would say, thank God, I don't want to act normal. Uh, for many, uh, oops, a little bell there. For any, uh, many times, normal meant um, being a conforming, conforming to something going along with a crowd, and something I never really uh, excelled at was going along with a crowd or conforming. I've tried, and I've lived a life where I've tried, and, and at times it's taken me on um, uh, successful journeys career-wise into the mainstream. Um, not a lot of fulfillment, but, but still um, doing what you're supposed to do. But normal is a real odd uh, place to be because normal is constantly shifting and changing. And how we accept normal how we decide something is normal uh, changes. And I would argue not only does it change, but it can also become very dangerous. Because when we accept uh, certain activities as being normal, we, we tend to lose the impact 
or the tragedy or the consequences of those activities. And in many cases, when something happens over and over and over again, just the, the, the frequency and the quantity of an activity, well, that makes it normal because it happens so many times and it reoccurs so many times that it becomes part of our normal life. You know, um, just like rush hour traffic is normal or uh, you know, there was a time where there wasn't fast food, but now it's all normal. But if we keep repeating things and we keep repeating them and repeating them, eventually they become normal because subconsciously or subliminally or however you want to put it, they become a part of our fabric. They become a part of our life. And we decide that's normal because mm -hmm. it's consistent. We decide it's normal because it happens all the time. We decide or accept it as being normal because it is um, something that's just going to occur. You know, it's normal for the leaves to drop. It's normal for the snow to come in certain parts of the country. It, that, that's all normal. That's normal. It's normal for it to get windy out. That's all normal stuff. Um, but when, there are other things, other incidents and situations that we allow to become normal because we accept them and we become anesthetized to them. And that's where there's a danger. There's a danger in that, I believe. And I, I was, you know, I was listening to the news this morning, actually watching the news, kind of listening to it. I was half asleep on the couch. I usually, I get up, you know, really early in the morning and I take like a half hour where I get up, then I go back down and sleep and listen to the news. But as I was listening to the news this morning, John Berman on CNN, yes, I listen to CNN. So if you don't like the fact I listen to CNN, well, that's your problem, not mine. But John Berman on CNN was talking about some mass shootings over the weekend. And there were a number of shootings over the weekend. And then he got into the statistics of this year's mass shooting fatalities. And as a result so far in 2021, there has been 611 fatalities attributed to mass shootings. Last year there were 599 and the year before there was about 4, 417, I think he said, right around that ballpark. It's just going up. But here I am laying on the couch with a cup of coffee, uh, my terry cloth robe. There's a visual for you. Listening to the news and another mass shooting. Something that 15 years ago would have been appalling. We would have been, um, you know, uh, just shocked. And, and But here they are, more shootings. And after each one of these shootings, these mass shootings that occurred throughout all these years, There'd be a press conference. There'd be some politician behind a podium saying, well, this can't happen again. Well, guess what? It happens again. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. And somebody says, well, this can't happen again. We're going to pass legislation that's going to get the guns out of people's hands. We're going to get the guns out of their hands. Once we get the guns out of their hands, it's all going to stop. Bullshit. That's not the cause. Yes, guns do kill people. But what's going on where people accept that and they think it's an activity that has become normal. It's an activity that's become an out. It's an activity that's become a way that individuals who obviously aren't mentally healthy find it to be um, to um, express themselves. I'm getting a little buzzard going on here. Uh, find there's a way to express themselves, their frustration and their anger and their angst. And then it becomes part of our society. It becomes part, oh, there's another shooting. Oh, my God, that was horrible. That's horrible. Until it hits you at home. There's another shooting. Because when something isn't being done about it and it consistently happens, it becomes our new norm. It becomes the new norm that we live with. And then we become anesthetized. Then it doesn't impact us as much as it might have five years ago 
when we hear about somebody going into the parking lot of a, of a shopping mall and, and blowing away about 10 people. Now it happens more frequently. And seeing it happens more frequently, it's become part of our culture. And that's the scary thing. It's become part of our culture. Part of our culture now. Part of our culture. A culture that in some ways gets canceled and comes back. But a part of our culture is mass shootings. A part of our culture is apple pie, ice cream, baseball, and mass shootings. That's our culture right now. And, 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 and people say, well, I don't accept that. I, I don't accept that. That's horrible. You've never seen me accept that. I can't accept that type of activity. But it keeps happening, and no one's really complaining about it, and no one's really in shock about it. Maybe they are. Well, then you have to look how one thing ties to the other. And I know everybody's sick of hearing about the January 6th uh, insurrection. Isn't it amazing? Let's go back to January 6th. January 6th occurred on the Epiphany. So January 6th, in many ways, is an Epiphany. And it's, January 6th was an epiphany. January 6th was an epiphany. January 6th was the epiphany of what was occurring. January 6th was the epiphany of what happens when lies and racism and anger and, 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 and our democracy is manipulated. January 6th was a demonstration of what happens when someone, a leader, attempts to coup to stay into office and misuse the power that he has. January 6th was an epiphany just at how much hate there is in our country and how divided we are. January 6th was an epiphany to say we are racist. That was January 6th. And January 6th with people bearing American flags and Trump flags and badges and all kinds of stuff they had on them. Charged the Capitol, the symbol of democracy, the place that individuals uh, during 9-11 took down a plane so it wouldn't crash into. They trashed the building. They charged the building, and they attacked the building. That's an epiphany. That was an epiphany. That was an epiphany that some things are going on. And now, all of that rioting, that attack on the Capitol, imagine that, an attack on the Capitol. Imagine that happening 20 years ago. An attack on the Capitol now is being spun into something normal. The attack on the Capitol is being spun into something normal. Oh, it was, it was just a tourists. They were just tourists visiting the Capitol. They were just tourists visiting the Capitol through the windows with poles smashing people's heads in. Oh, they were just tourists going into the, the Senate chambers and sitting on desks and chasing senators out of, the, out of the building. Oh, they were just tourists in the Capitol. Come on, give them a break. But now that's being portrayed as our new norm. It's a new norm where it's okay. It seems to be okay to express yourself that way. It seems to be okay to get all fired up and attack attack the, the, the very entity, attack the very institution that provides you with the ability to be able to protest publicly and nonviolently, but you turn up on Imagine, you're attacking the symbol of the institution that allows you to voice yourself, whether right or wrong, and you're attacking it. And you want to tear it down. Uh, ludicrous, but you know what? It's being spun so it becomes normal. So that activity becomes normal. So it's normal to express yourself that way. No wonder there are so many people being, you know, attacked. That no wonder people are losing it on airplanes. If you if you can lose it at the Capitol, you can certainly lose it up in the friendly skies. I mean, if you're able to go in and attack the Capitol, why can't you lose it up on an airplane and have the whole flight just, um, you know, derailed to someplace else?
But then that becomes our new norm because it's happened. And now it's being spun where it happens. You know, there was a time where if you caught a politician or a leader lying, they were screwed. They were screwed. All I can think is that Richard Nixon must just be rolling wherever he is, whether in his grave or wherever the guy is right now, seeing what occurred over the last five years. Because Richard Nixon went down for Watergate. Richard Nixon did not even break into Watergate. Richard Nixon helped cover up Watergate. And Richard Nixon erased some tapes. Compared to that, to what's happened in the last five years and what's occurring now, when politicians and leaders, they, now they always, they always stretch the truth, and yes, they always lied, okay? It, it was a lie. There's no, if you stretch the truth, it's a lie. It's a lie, okay? I'm going to stretch the truth, and that's a lie. And so they always um, uh, stretch the truth, and they always did lie. So a lie's a lie. A lie's a lie. But now it's become our normal. Now it's become our normal. Not so much the politicians, because they, they always did lie, let's face it. But now, journalism was always held to a higher standard. Those that brought us the news, or those that were on the airwaves, with the cable systems now, they were always held accountable for what they said. Now, you could always have your views. You can be on conservative television and have a view, and you base it with your conservative facts. Or you can be on another type, liberal television, have your views, but they always based them with their facts, and then they had their views, and then um, editorials and commentaries and all that kind of stuff. But to have individuals with highly rated shows making millions and millions and millions of dollars because they blatantly lie. And they lie to individuals who hear what they want to hear because if they hear that lie, somehow it gives them a sense of value. It gives them a sense of value that they're not where they want to be, that they got screwed over that they're getting screwed over because everybody's getting screwed over because the election got screwed over, so we're all getting screwed over, and the lies just feed and feed and fester. But they become our norm. It becomes our norm to turn on a television show and listen to a Hannity or listen to a Tucker Carlson and hear them just, you know, fuel out pure garbage, but garbage that has consequences, garbage that causes people to lose their lives. I mean, imagine during the polio epidemic when the vaccine came out if people start saying don't take the vaccine it's not good for you don't take that vaccine and they used it as a manipulative ploy to get what they wanted down the road imagine that just think about that that's what that's what happens uh so people people die people die because they they believe a lie is the truth but it's our norm and then we think about the pandemic you know we got to 500,000 lives lost. 500,000 lives lost. I can't even really comprehend that. I don't, I don't, that's, that's so hard. 500,000. Then you multiply that, you know, by another 10,000 because each life impacts a life, you know. Uh, but that's become our norm. It's a norm. You know, the loss of life and there became charts on TV. And to some people, it was, oh, you know, you're going to get sick, you're going to get sick. It doesn't matter if I get you sick, but rallies still occurred. But it was a norm. It was a norm until you got it. It was a norm until, until someone you knew died. But accepting, accepting incidents, accepting situations because they occur, and they occur, and they occur, and we can't do anything about them, 
doesn't make them a norm and shouldn't make them part of our culture. Uh, you want to cancel culture? Why don't we cancel that stuff? You know, I don't have a problem with people disagreeing politically. It's okay. It's okay to disagree with, with points of view. You should. You should disagree with points of view. Who's to say? Neither side's always right, and neither side is perfect. They're all screwing up, and that leads to a good debate. But keep it truthful. Don't accept the fact that you can make things up like a fictional television show with huge consequences. So when that norm becomes the norm, when we start saying, oh, there's another shooting, oh, there was another shooting, when that becomes the norm, then we're in trouble. Then our culture's in trouble. What do we do about it? You do about it is you keep it, you, you never allow it. You never allow it to become part of our fabric. And you make a point that it isn't acceptable in our fabric, no matter how many times it happens. And that whoever stands behind these podiums and says, um, well, we have to do something about it. We're going to, you know, you're not. You have to do something about it now. Because there's been enough of this going on where there's about a bazillion case studies where you can find similarities, you can make connections. You can find out what is the connection between all these individuals. How you know there's it's a bazillion connections, and they got it, they have them been made. You know, what's their background? What are their triggers? How did they get their weapons? Why do they pick their targets? Why do they pick all that stuff? The time of the day. I don't have an answer. I'm just venting. I'm just rambling and raging and, and rambling about it. That's all I'm I don't have an answer. What do I know? What do I know? I just know that we can decide what our fabrics are. We can decide uh, what we accept. We can do that. And the only way to stop bad behavior, horrible tragedies, is to figure out, first of all, call them out on it. Stop rewarding them for it. Stop rewarding them for it. And then with tragedies, figure out the cause. Again, there's been so many of these. There have to be some type of connection. There's got to be a connection someplace. I don't know. This is Tim Marr. This is Failing Up. And it's I Hear Jungle Jim. It is election day. I'm going to go check out and see what's going on. November, having some nice warm cider. And the, the gray clouds are coming in. And soon there'll be some flakes in the air. Decorated for my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. It's like the most easy, you know, it's like the, the real holiday. It's one that hasn't gotten too commercial yet because it's squeezed between Halloween and Christmas. So it's kind of just hanging out there and it hasn't been wrecked yet. Thanksgiving, I love it. But anyway, this is Failing Up. Take it away. Jungle Jim. <laughs>